Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, February the 13th. Last week as your MLA, I continued to hear from people from across Cumberland County and from across all of Nova Scotia who are upset about the lack of access to emergency health services as well as basic primary health care, such as having a family physician. And this work is really consuming each and every day as your MLA. Friday evening, while sitting at my desk at my office, I received an email at 5.19 p.m. with some disappointing news. But honestly, it was exactly what I had predicted would happen. The email notice was from Nova Scotia Health, which of course is the arm's length organization of the Department of Health from our government that is responsible for administering health services here in Nova Scotia. The headline of the email notice read, quote, emergency department upgrades and renovations delayed at Cumberland Regional Healthcare Center, end quote. The notice went on to read, quote, the emergency department at Cumberland Regional Healthcare Center in Amherst, which of course we know it's not in Amherst, it's in Nepan, will continue to operate from a temporary location within the hospital due to unexpected renovation delays. Despite Nova Scotia Health's best efforts and full support of facilities management and support our teams, suppliers, and contractors, the opening will be delayed due to a COVID-19 outbreak among the specialized team responsible for completing the renovation." End quote. This notice did not provide a, a new projected date of the main ER reopening. Of course, those of you that listen to my weekly update know that this ER was scheduled to be reopened tomorrow, February the 14th. I had requested a copy of the project timeline for this renovation project last month, but it still has not been provided to me. The reason that I've asked for this is there's clearly a problem. During this exact same time period, nearly an entire hospital has been built in Pugwash, and that Pugwash hospital is on schedule and on budget. We're very thankful for that. But clearly, there is a problem with the renovation work that has been going on here at Cumberland Regional due to the flood that happened last May. It's nine, nine months ago, nine months ago. And so the questions that I've asked and I will continue to ask is who is the project manager for the renovation project at Cumberland Regional ER? What was or is the project timeline? What are the real causes of the continued delays? There's been continued delays since last summer. Many people are asking, was February 14th a realistic date for the completion? And this is based on information, inside information around ordering of supplies and equipment for the new ER. And many people are asking, was this date given as a media uh, or public relations purposes after Hallison Holtoff's death? Why has a new completion date not been given or made public? If the reasons for the delay are due to COVID, then we simply should be able to provide a new date seven days from now or 14 days at the most. Also, why has our government not made this emergency room renovation a priority? 
Why have local contractors not been hired to assist? Why are workers not there working 18 hours a day or even 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Why has this emergency room not been made a priority? These are the questions that I'm asking on your behalf. I do not have confidence in Nova Scotia Health's ability to deliver healthcare services in Nova Scotia. After the death of Allison Holtoff, we put together a 16-point action plan to address emergency health services here in Cumberland County. And number two, number two in that 16-point action plan was to appoint personnel to urgently complete renovations at the main emergency room at Cumberland Regional. Despite the fact that the entire country of Canada had their eyes on our hospital, on our emergency department, and what happened here. Nova Scotia Health have still yet to make an urgent plan to get the renovations completed at Cumberland Regional. It's mind-boggling, to say the least. If you take a look at the 16-point action plan that we put forward, number nine is asking the government to move away from a centralized approach of decision-making and restore local decision-making back to Cumberland Regional as well as every other regional hospital in the province. The fact is centralized decision making is not working and even the four zones making the decisions for healthcare is also not working. We need to move back to a local decision making model where there's someone accountable at a local level to get things done. Number 14 we also asked the government to make some changes at top-level health administration level. So we've asked to ensure that top-level health administrators have medical expertise and healthcare administration experience. Also put in place a board of directors of persons who possess medical knowledge similar to the governance structure of the Mayo Clinic. And I did put forth a bill in the legislature last fall asking for this very thing. And I believe, and many other people believe, especially clinicians, doctors and nurses working in healthcare, believe that this is what we need to get the changes that are necessary to get the right outcomes for you, the patients and the families of our healthcare system. So we need to move away from this centralized decision-making model we need to get local decision making back in place. And we need to make sure that the people that are in administration level positions, that they have medical expertise and healthcare knowledge. And currently, right now, that is not the case. We have non clinicians making decisions affecting healthcare, not listening to our doctors, not listening to our nurses, and making decisions that are negatively impacting healthcare outcomes for people like yourself when you're trying to seek medical care. And we know that the challenges are not just here at Cumberland Regional. I'm hearing from people from all across Nova Scotia, and I know media and journalists are hearing from people as well. Just last week, CBC did an article uh, by M Michael Tutton, was the reporter, who shared a common theme where Nova Scotia Health and the government are not sharing the findings of investigations with families that have requested it, families like our very own Gunter Holtoff. And Michael Tutton had shared uh, stories of two other families that their health care had gone wrong and they had requested investigation and Nova Scotia Health have shared that they will not be sharing the findings 
of those investigations with the families. So, of course, uh, our family here, Gunter, and as well as his children, have requested information. They've requested an investigation. I mean, three days after Allie's death, Gunter came to me, sat in my office, shared with me everything that happened, and said, help me. Help me get an investigation into the death of my wife. And although Nova Scotia Health and the government has said they will do an investigation, they are not willing to share the findings of that investigation with Allison's husband and with her children. And that's wrong. That's wrong. There is no way that any organization can do an investigation on themselves and that the findings would not be biased. We had asked for an investigation to be completed by healthcare professionals from outside of Nova Scotia Health as well as from outside of Nova Scotia. And unfortunately, that has not happened. And so far, uh, they're not willing to make that happen. There is absolutely nothing more important than ensuring that healthcare, safe access to healthcare is available to you and your families when you need it and where you need it. And I am fully committed to continuing to work on this, making sure that we're asking the right questions and pushing for accountability in healthcare as well as excellence in healthcare. And I believe that the people that are working within the system in administration are trying to do their best. But I believe that the government has set them up to fail, has the wrong governance administration model in place, and that we need to admit that things are not working and then work on changes to make improvements. So I'll continue to work on this with all my heart and soul. On Saturday, I actually went door to door in Amherst. I had, it was a great day. We had some youth join us. There are future leaders, our future political leaders, and they joined me in knocking on some doors in Amherst because we wanted to hear what people are, are thinking. And it was definitely consistent messaging throughout the entire day as we knocked on doors. And that is healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. People are upset. Uh, people shared stories with me about when they called for an ambulance and it either took hours to come or didn't come at all. They also talked about the eMERGE wait times. They talked about how sometimes healthcare is not available for them here in Nova Scotia and they've gone to New Brunswick to receive that healthcare. There was a lot of conversation around education of nurses and doctors and why are we not retaining these nurses and doctors when they graduate? Why are, why are we not asking for a return of service? Uh, why are we not paying for their education and then asking for them to stay here in Nova Scotia? So we had lots of great ideas shared with us on the doorstep and I want to let you know that I am going to continue working uh, each and every day on making improvements. And this week I've got a meeting in Halifax with some clinicians and we're going to be talking collectively um, as healthcare professionals from across the province on what more we can do to work towards having excellence in healthcare and ensure there is some accountability because we do have a publicly funded healthcare system in Nova Scotia. We know it's broken, but you the taxpayers are paying for it and you're paying out a lot of money and you should expect some accountability and you should also expect that we are striving for excellence and that's exactly what I will ensure we continue to do. There were a few other topics that I worked on last week. Of course, there is a new heating rebate 
out available with an increased limit of $1,000. It's available for uh, a lot of people in our community. If you haven't already applied for this heating rebate of $1,000, please take a look online. Just Google Nova Scotia heating, uh, heating rebate. And if you need any help with that, just give my office a call or stop in and my assistant Dan will help you with that. So we want to make sure that absolutely every single person here in our area that's eligible for this heating rebate does in fact get it. So if you know of any neighbors or friends that may be eligible, please consider reaching out to them and letting them know as well. Last week, I'm sure many of you watched along with me the devastation that we're seeing in both Turkey and Syria after the very powerful earthquake affected uh, just so, so many people. And we're, we're seeing some continued rescues, really uh, miracles of children and babies being rescued from the rubble. It's very devastating, but especially devastating for people that live here in our communities that are from those countries, people that are from Lebanon and Syria and Turkey, looking um, at the footage on the news and knowing that uh, they are possibly friends and relatives and people from communities that they know of. So I did uh, meet with three people on Friday who was representative of the community from Syria, and they've asked, how can we help? They want to have a fundraiser here locally that they are willing to cook and serve and look to help raise funds to help people back home. So stay tuned for that. I was contacted by a few people over the weekend that are willing to help put a fundraiser together. And if you're interested in helping out, just reach out to me as well, either by phone or email, and you can join the team in organizing a fundraiser for those suffering from the earthquake over in Syria and Turkey. Last week, we had a very successful information session from staff from the Department of Community, Cultures, Tourism, and, and Heritage. They traveled up from Halifax and had a presentation here. We had uh, a lot of people attend from Cumberland North and Cumberland South. And the goal of the information session was to provide information around funding opportunities for festival, for events, for things that are going to help build our communities stronger. And there was ten, about 10 people that joined us online virtually, but we also had about 70 people in the room listening that had, that had showed up to get more information. So if you are looking for any funding opportunities for programs that you're looking to do here in the community, certainly feel free to reach out to my office. I have printed booklets here at the office that have information on funding and grant opportunities, uh, but there's also information online as well, and we can put you in touch with someone from that department. I would like to send congratulations to Mr. Charlie Chambers. Charlie was the winner of the by-election for Amherst Town Council on Saturday, so congratulations to Charlie, and look forward to working with him along with other town council members. Please mark February the 26th on your calendars. On Sunday afternoon, we're going to be having a public meeting on health care, on local health care, and I welcome all of you to join us. Stay tuned for more information. Uh, during that meeting, uh, I'm going to actually also be presenting awards of excellence to local health care clinicians that have been nominated 
by people like yourself to receive an excellence award. So if you know of a, a doctor or a nurse, a lab technician, a physiotherapist, a pharmacist, a paramedic, uh, anyone that works in healthcare, if you would like them to receive an excellence award for providing excellence in healthcare, please reach out to my office and nominate them. You can do that through email, by phone. Uh, we're looking for nominations for these excellence awards and welcome you to nominate someone. So please again mark February the 26th on your calendar 2 to 4. The meeting will be at the Amherst Regional High School. I would like to extend birthday greetings as well as anniversary greetings to anyone who may be celebrating this week including today February the 13th Vicki Vandenberg and Ryan Reynolds. Vicki is a dear friend that I went to high school with in Pugwash and not too long ago Vicki lost her mom so I want to send a very special birthday greeting to Vicki Vandenberg today. Tomorrow Tuesday February the 14th Valentine's Day I would like to wish birthday wishes to Sharon White as well as Stephanie Fage Small and Stephanie just lost her dad very unexpectedly so it'll be a very very challenging birthday I'm sure for Stephanie but uh, we'll be all thinking of her. Wednesday, February the 15th, Terry McCormick and Holly Gordon are celebrating birthdays. On Thursday, February the 16th, David Mitchell and Jeff DeGans are celebrating birthdays. Friday, February the 17th, Cheryl Chambers. Cheryl owns Cheryl's Bakery in Pugwash. Please stop in and and uh, wish her a happy birthday. And probably the best birthday present you can give any entrepreneur is to to support their business. So go in and buy some baked goods from Cheryl on her birthday. As well, on Friday, Sarah Chapel is celebrating a birthday. On Saturday, Emily Brown and Elaine Ferdinand are celebrating birthdays. I would like to extend my sympathies to anyone who may have lost a loved one recently in our communities, including the family and friends of Mary Opal Green, Brian Ernest Deegan, Frederick Hurley, Stephen Roger Fage, Clarence Dick Lowe, Curry Verney Gould and Elizabeth or Betty McKay Brown and if there's anyone else who has lost a loved one please accept my sympathies. My staff and I are continuing to plan for the spring session of the legislature. The premier has not yet recalled the legislature. Uh, we are working on legislation and questions and session notes for health care, housing, affordability, Changing the culture on how sexual assault is handled in our workplaces and in our justice system. Work that's needed on roads and bridges and more. These are just some of the issues that we're working on. And if you have something you'd like to see us working on, please contact me and let me know that as well. It is certainly an honor to serve you, the people, the residents of Cumberland North. I will continue to push for changes in the weeks ahead, including improvements to local health care services, addressing the needs to access more affordable housing and other measures to make life more affordable for you, as well as helping Cumberland area realize our full economic potential. Supporting entrepreneurs and building our economy is one of my greatest joys and one of the areas that I have been fully passionate about since becoming an MLA is looking for ways to improve local food supply, local food production, and ensuring that you and I and all of our families have a safe, reliable food supply in the future. You can also do that by supporting our local farmers, looking for ways to buy local meat, local produce, and local 
food products. Special shout out to James Han and Ron Bickle and all of the team at CFTA 107.9. Thank you so much for providing me this opportunity to provide you, the people, with my constituency update for Cumberland North. It is my mission as your MLA to serve you and represent you, the people of Cumberland North. I'm an independent MLA and I work for you, the people. And being an independent MLA means I can have a voice. I am not silenced by any party leaders and I can work collaboratively across party partisan lines. Every week, if not every day, some days I speak with other members of the other political parties, as well as the MLAs and cabinet ministers in government. It is truly an honor to be able to work independently for you and to be able to collaborate with everyone, regardless of party lines. The work that I do for you is built on the foundation of truth and justice, determination and dedication, honesty, and being a servant leader empowering all people, each and every one. Together, we build on the strength of our veterans and stand firm with the four pillars of excellence in healthcare, affordability, caring for Mother Earth, and entrepreneurship in our economy. We embrace our diversity, our differences, and we strive for equity and inclusiveness while celebrating our history, arts, and culture. Have a great week. Remember to take care of yourself as well as take care of others. And hey, remember tomorrow, February the 14th, is Valentine's Day. It's always a great opportunity. It's a great excuse to treat somebody really extra special. So find someone, whether it's a partner, a friend, a relative, a neighbor. Find someone and treat them a little extra special tomorrow on Valentine's Day. Take care and have a great week.